It's the Married with Channels podcast. My name is Moose. I'm Jody. Married couple talking TV shows and movies. And we'll get to a new TV show and a return of an older one in just a minute. But switching things up, we're going to start with what the kids are watching. And mom and dad have introduced our uh, our our oldest to the world of Batman, starting with she's already seen the TV show with Adam West. Yes. Um, but we're bringing her to the world of the Michael Keaton slash mid nineties, late nineties Batman. Yeah. Let me just say, she's a big fan of like Lego Batman and kind of that franchise, you know, she's, she's familiar with the Batman world. So she's watching these. um, We're watching them with her. Mm -hmm. So we watch Batman with Michael Keaton. Yep. We watch Batman returns, Michael Keaton, both Tim Burton movies. Yep. And nobody like made a whisper as far as like, you know, execution and there's a couple comments here and there, but sure. for overall, everybody agrees those are good movies. Yes. Good, decent movies. I mean, yeah. Then you get into Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, <laughs> which there's no Michael Keaton, obviously. There's no Tim Burton. Bill Kilmer, George Clooney. Yeah. You know. Chris O'Donnell's in there, Alicia Silverstone. Tommy Lee Jones, um, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Uma Thurman. We get a lot of big names involved with these. Yeah. Um, but boy, quite a stark difference from Batman, Batman Returns to Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Um, they're so bad. The I'm Batman. just going to say that. They're just so bad. Yeah. We're focusing mostly on the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Those are Joel Schumacher movies. A stark contrast. Yeah. Like you take out the execution, it's visually a stark contrast. Well, the first sure. two, the Tim Burton ones were darker. Yep. A little more methodical. These are like comic books on the big screen. They're very bright. They're very um Yeah, they're just like wild hues everywhere, yep. color splashes. And I get that, okay. But the execution of these movies <laughs> is not good. And no. it's like it, with Batman Forever, you can it starts to get bad. It's tolerable. Mm-hmm. It's still not great. Yeah. But then you get to Batman and Robin, you're like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. so Are you bad. even trying to make a movie here? You yeah. know, Batman and Robin strikes me as a movie that... And I said this while we were watching it. It's a B movie that has a huge budget. Absolutely. They had probably had a $100 million budget at the time, which was 97 or so. Well, you can't tell it when you watch it. <laughs> you, you can, but it's a great example of a bad movie with a huge budget, but there's no, they didn't put money into like a good script. The acting's piss poor. I, the character I, motivations are garbage. I disagree, though. Like, I think. I mean, those things are true, but I think there's some crappy set pieces that just like you could like I can tell this motorbike scene or this bike racing scene looks like it was shot in a warehouse and a lot, you know, yeah, but like I can tell. Yeah, but they put there's a lot of money in there to stage that. True, but it's still poorly done. It like is, You can't tell because it looks crap, you know, and like props like even um, Poison Ivy was holding. What was it in the glass little jar? I don't know. Oh, the, the little plant. Yes. Oh, that looks so bad. I know. And I'm like, you didn't put any money into that either. <laughs> if you're Uma Thurman, because Bane comes over with the, the glass thing with the plant. It's like a small version of uh, Audrey from Little Shop yeah. of Horrors almost. Uh-huh. 
It's and a it's Venus like, flytrap, probably. It's got like this really flappy mouth. Like, yeah. You could tell the guy, the pr- production assistant's underframed, like moving like the stick moving to it. move it like a, a Muppet. Like a puppet, yeah. And it just looks so horrible. Yeah. And there's just so much bad about this movie. Like the puns. Oh, my God. I remember uh-huh. watching Batman and Robin originally and coming away with like the I, uh, Mr. Freeze puns. Oh. I, I, I remember those. I don't remember how frequent they were throughout the movie. Like here's a scene where... Um, Chris O'Donnell's character, they're doing the motorcycle race you mentioned. Yeah. And Alicia Silverstone's character, they slide and they're they're hanging from a ledge and, and they could <laughs> die. And here he is, he says this to her. Oh. So this is where you hang out. <laughs> Get it? Because they're hanging. <laughs> I mean, it's just a ton of that. Yes. I'd, a lot of the scenes go on way too long. Yes. I, whoever edited yeah. this movie should be fired. There's a scene where, and I didn't notice until we watched it literally last night. Um, where uh, a Robin gets thrown into the water in Poison Ivy's lair. Yes. And he's struggling with the vines or whatever. He pops his head out and then pops his head back in. That was a definite reverse. Yeah. They just reversed the, the camera roll yeah. to make it look like he's going back underwater. I'm like, you're a hundred some million dollar movie. Just shoot it. Yeah. Just shoot it. You can as afford is. that reshot? Yeah. Also. Oh. Yeah. I feel like it's lazy cinematography too. Like every. Every scene is like this diagonal shot and it's like left, right, yeah, left, right, left, right. I and believe, like, yeah. oh my gosh, like the more I noticed it, the more it drove me crazy through the whole movie. It's I, so prevalent. I believe those are called Dutch angles. Oh, okay. Thanks and for the technical. When term. they use those sparingly, they add some, they can help. A, Interests. Yeah. They can add to what's going on in the scene. But yeah, every fucking shot is a Dutch angle here. Yes. And every shot is just bathed in hot hues of yes. pink and green. Neons and They started yeah. to, f- it's like they, they fidgeted with that in Batman Forever with Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, later on, they're like, this is great. Turn the Let's color up. More. Let's do yeah. more. I want more color. Yeah. It needs to look more like a comic book. I don't know what happened with this movie, Batman and Robin, but yeah. like even, like George Clooney's a respectable actor. He's done some good work. Yeah. But he is just horrible. In this. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this is... And this is not his fault. This is just a bad, bad writing here. Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. Yeah. Okay. What gave it away? The pointy ears or the logo <laughs> on your chest of Batman? Yeah. You know? Your your notoriety in Gotham already? Why do you have, to, why do you have, to, why do you have to explain that? <laughs> so, so to me, Batman and Robin it's is... cool. I know. Like, <laughs> this movie's entertaining for the wrong reasons. Sure. Just be, you know, they have the ice skates in their boots. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. Like, what, they what, click what? their heels and the ice skate blades come out of their feet. Like, they... Like, you just already had that built in your suits for whenever you might have to ice yeah. skate. <laughs> in a city that is essentially New York City, it's a seasonal city. Yeah. So you only have about three months of winter where that would really be, you know, relevant. Yeah. You didn't know about Mr. Freeze wasn't a character who was around for a long time where this was something. Well, we're going to fight Freeze at some time. We better have some ice skates right? built into our was it? Wasn't this their first encounter? Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. It was their yeah. first. Because I think at the beginning, they're like, we got this new bad guy. Yeah. Here. You know, and they're talking about Mr. Freeze. Yep. And uh, speaking of Mr. Freeze, I, 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 I'm a little offended by the characterization of Mr. Freeze as this muahahaha. Bad guy, villain. Finger steeple, you know, white cat petting villain. <laughs> when his motivations are out of love. Like, mm. if you know the Mr. Freeze character, and I'm not a big comic book nerd, but I did read some Batman comic books. Look at you. I love the 90s animated show. That was a great character. That was a great representation of Mr. Freeze. He was tortured. You know, he was sanguine. He was 
all about trying to find a cure for his beloved wife, who he who was suspended animation. I mean, that's here in this movie, it too. Is, but that's not his motivation here. I mean, it is. It is. It is, but he does too much of the type of shit. <laughs> Mr. Freeze isn't like that. Okay. That's not Mr. Freeze. And I. it's just kind of annoying. All right. You know? Thanks, they wanted, Batman nerd. I get the feeling, yeah. <laughs> I get the feeling Batman and Robin was made for kids. You know, like, yeah. logic be damned. Like, how can we market this? Yeah. The kids would laugh at, <laughs> he said, this is where you hang out. They're hanging yeah. on me. silly. <laughs> Can we go back to Batman Forever real quick? Yeah. My biggest yes. problem with that was, and I'm not the only one. Maybe is, it's the same as mine. Let's see. Here, I'll play a little clip. Hey, Toothpicks, show me how to punch a guy. It's dirt simple, my boy. Ball up the fist, reach way back, and assert yourself. So that's Harvey Dent, Two-Face, and the Riddler. Tommy Lee Jones, Jim yeah. Carrey. The, my problem with Batman Forever is the villains is Two-Face... Like, I don't know why Tommy Lee Jones was going over the top. Mm-hmm. That's Jim Carrey's thing. Mm. Let him do that with Riddler. You counter that with the suave, smooth, calculating criminal, you know? Yeah. That's what Two-Face should be, at least when you have Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that choice that he made. Sure. I think it was wrong. And I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people like, yeah, too over the top with Two-Face. Yeah. What was your issue? Batman That's the forever? same as mine. Yeah. And another that, one huh? that he was just like really kind of over the top with that performance as that character. It just didn't work well with Jim Carrey. My other it's like issue, they're competing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like who can outdo each other as far as craziness. Mm-hmm. Eh. My other issue with Batman Forever is uh, um, Chase. Yes. Chase Meridian. Dr. Chase Meridian. Yes. Played by Nicole Kidman. Yes. She was like. A brain yep. in name only. Like, she was like, I'm a doctor. Batman, I want to fuck you. <laughs> like, her whole motivation is just, oh, I want to hump Batman so bad. It's like, aren't you supposed to be, like, the smart doctor? This seems belittling a little bit. It's you know? a little bit out there. And, yeah. I don't know. Doesn't she study, like, psychosis and, like... I don't know. She, she studies criminal minds. So, you know, maybe he's just a fascinating project for her. Yeah, but it's... I got more of it, like... I'm I want to hump Batman. Yeah, there's no like. At least the script didn't tell me like Ch- Doctor Chase Meridian's fascinated by Batman and what drives someone to do that. I need to <laughs> dig in deeper. It's more like I must have him. Yeah, I want to kiss his face. Uh-huh. You know, that's that's all wrong for yeah. that character. Yep. And I remember liking Batman Forever, but it's crap. Eh. But Batman and Robin is whoa, it's a big pile of dog shit. <laughs> Just a huge pile. Way worse. Yes. I'd be curious to see what Evie, how she reacts to when we get to the Christopher Nolan movies. Oh, I think she's going to think those are cool. You think? Yeah. They're a little more adult, a little more thinky. They're still comic book movies, but. That Tumblr is so cool. Tumblr's badass, right? Yes. That's the other thing. Like the Batmobile and and Batman Forever and Batman Robin. Terrible. There's nothing cool about it. No. It looks like a bunch of. It had some black lights on it. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, yeah, get those out of there. Yeah. I mean, we don't need all the swoopy angles and stuff. Like yeah. the Michael Keaton Batmobile. I remember thinking that was so cool. It was cool. Like it kind of like looked like a bat, but looked like a Corvette, but looked like a jet. It was sweet. I don't know. Boy, I feel like we could spend easily an hour on these Batman movies, but we I know. We should probably move on unless you got something else. Nope, I'm good. Okay. I mean, you can watch them with your kids, but just know they're some of them are terrible. Just remember <laughs> If you watch them with your kids, they're dog shit, okay? <laughs> All right.
Let's move on to a new show, Mrs. Davis. Yeah. And I can't remember that actress's name. She was in Glow about the uh, professional women's wrestling team. Betty Gilpin. Betty Gilpin. Okay. She's good. This mm-hmm. show is about a woman who, you know, she eventually becomes a nun. And there's this major AI that kind of everybody in the world uses called Mrs. Davis. That's the AI. Yes. And she kind of stumbles into, she's very much against it. She yep. doesn't want anything to do with it. Yep. Um, and she kind of reconnects with an old flame friend of hers who is in this very active rebel group trying to destroy Mrs. Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting show and it's on Peacock. <laughs> I, I know what you're going to say. What? You don't like it. It's okay. It's just it's a little bit out there. The concept is a little bit like what you know, like with the whole like she she um, teleports to Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not sure I'm how like, that wait, works. What? what? I thought this was about like beating Mrs. Davis, like the AI and the problem, and how you know everybody's kind of turned into these you know vegetables that can't think for themselves you know i thought that was like you know and they're taking a stand against that and then like there's this whole other aspect to her and wiley the the old flame character that she kind of runs in the ripple group with but i don't know like i'm like that's a little bit out there i'm like wait what (laughs) what is happening here it's a it's a little out there but i think it's kind of like um it it's kind of reminds me of one of those, what are those Christmas things where every day you open a new window? An advent calendar. It's like an advent calendar of a TV show. It's like every ah. episode, there's a new different thing. Yeah. And you're kind of left to be like, it's either kind of an interesting thing or it's like a, oh, what that explains whatever. Like, you know, when they first started, <laughs> she was visiting this guy in a diner. Yeah. And he was giving her what it looked to be assignments. Yes. And they're like thwarting magic or something. Yes. And you're kind of like, what's this relationship? Why are they doing that? And then after episode three or four, we find out he's like Jesus. Yeah. And even before we find out it's Jesus, she wants to marry him. Yeah. And by that, what she means is she wants to be in the convent. Yeah. Become a nun and give her life to Jesus. Yeah. And it's interesting and it's fresh and it's got new things like, one example is when Wiley, they go to Ireland or Scotland and they, they, they go to like this almost Renaissance fair thing. Yes. And he gets a helmet. Yes. And a number. <laughs> yes. And they all line up and they're all wearing these, him and these dudes are wearing helmets and they're about to, somebody's about to yell go. Yeah. And they start running and he, along with us as the audience, are like, what the hell's going on? Yes. What's going to happen to them? Are they running into lions or like yeah. another troop with weapons here like right, what? right. What? is this gonna be a braveheart battle yeah. or <laughs> yes and that moment i was like i looking back i'm like that was so cool and fresh because I, I i didn't know what was gonna happen and it's different i've never seen something like that i think maybe that's my frustration with this show is because whenever i watch shows that have elements like that i'm always trying to figure out what's going on and if i can't figure it out in my brain i'm like Oh, this is frustrating. I know, but you need to like wait because it seems like <laughs> I think I things, things are paying off on the show. Yeah, they just don't happen bit. right away or at the, even at the end of the episode. Well, and 
the more things get answered, the more questions I have. It's one of those kind of shows for me. Like, okay, well, that explains that, but we got this new element of teleportation. Okay. Yeah, but is it teleportation or is it she just kind of like in her mind going there? I don't think she's actually physically going I don't to this know. diner where Jesus is at. I have no idea. I just have a feeling in her mind she kind of, whether it's meditation or she just kind of zones out. She's visiting with Jesus. I have no idea. I don't either. And that's maybe that'll pay off as to how that's actually happening. Sure. But they have elements like um, um, Simone is her character's name. Yes. You know, like she's on her way to Scotland or Ireland for the thing. And on the train, her mom is there. Then there's a whole backstory with her mom doing these experiments or whatever. And, you know, she got she, there's this room she wasn't allowed to go into as a kid. And Simone, as a kid, opens the door and gets shot with a crossbow that's like a booby trap. Yeah. Um, and you got David Arquette showing up as uh, the father. And I don't know. I just, I, th I find it fascinating and fresh and different. Sure. And I like the whole story of like, we're fighting AI because I think we're in, we're all in a very much an AI mode these days. And Not just AI, but just like technology. We just rely on that so much that, sure. you know, we are forgetting basic skills that don't involve a piece of technology. Yeah, I think the uh, easy comparison summation of the show could be technology versus religion and all that. But I think there's more there. And it's I, I like Mrs. Davis. I think it's a interesting show. Yeah, I figured you would. Yeah. And it's very well done. It's well written. The acting's sure. great. Absolutely. I don't hate it. I just, you know my brain. I need to figure the puzzle out. Okay. Yeah. Jody hates shows. She's got to. Wait. Uh, yeah. I need to figure this out now, <laughs> you sons of bitches. Um, uh, I was going to play a clip, but I'll, we'll just move on. Okay. And back to one of our favorites, The Righteous Gemstones. So we finished season three where, um, um. I forget the gemstone leaders, uh, John Goodman's characters. His sister comes into the into the mix and her ex-husband and their two sons are leading this kind of like militia that is looking to kind of take out their church and expose them for like the money grubbing televangelist, non-believers, non-true believers that they he thinks they are played by Steve Zahn. So it's Eli, John Eli. Goodman and yeah. May May. Right. Yep. And her sons. And you have, um, uh, who plays Judy? Edie something. She's just phenomenal. Yeah, she's funny. Here's a scene of her busting into the pharmacy. This is, uh, this is the episode after uh, BJ comes back after getting his ass beat. And then he beat up uh, the one guy who was having non-sexual, consensual, extramarital affair with Judy. Uh, he's all bruised up and, you know, cut and all that. She busts into a pharmacy. I need some salves and shit for intense body beatings. For what? Look, my husband got the living shit beat out of him, and it's all my fault. Help me take his pain away. Pronto! Oh! <laughs> Help me take his pain away, Pronto. <laughs> she is so good. Yeah, Edie Patterson. Yes, thank you. Yes. Yeah, Righteous Gemstone Season 3. Um, I think is really, I thought it was really great. Yeah. I thought it was better in season two even. Sure. Yep. But uh, the show continues to deliver some interesting characters and it's kind of one of those mo uh, shows that, and I want to hear what you think on it is it's kind of like a, 
the silliness quotient's kind of cranked up. Yes. But there's actually some good human moments. I was just going to say the same thing, that it's it's a high comedy show. Like, there's a lot of that and a lot of characters that are just kind of... Far out. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there is a little bit of heart there. Like, you know, when they know how much of that to sprinkle in there. You mm. know, it's not too much it's where you're like, is this a comedy or a drama? But it's a comedy. But yeah, there are a little bit tender moments in there where you're like, oh, we can learn something from this funny show, you know? Yeah. Like the scene where they, uh, the three of the, uh, the brother, two brothers and sister are up on stage talking to the uh, board members of the church. And yeah. it ends up being like, everybody's throwing shoes at everybody. Yeah. I was thinking more of like, when they're at the at the end, they well, this is a spoiler alert if you haven't seen the end of the season, but they're driving around the monster truck as a family, all having a great time smashing stuff. And it's funny, the things that they choose to smash. That was hilarious and great. And then at the end, you know, you kind of see the, the ghost of their deceased mom just kind of smiling over that moment, looking, yeah. looking down on her family, having fun together, yeah, you like, know? That scene encapsulates kind of what the show is. Yeah. The concept of everybody in the family's taking a turn driving this monster truck destroying <laughs> shit is a high concept. Well, concept. You know, it's a high. That like, sounds like a good concept. time. I don't know. That no, sounds like is. a pretty good time. It is. But <laughs> like it, that's silly, but it definitely the underwriting uh, thread there with all that is, you know, the emotion and the connection. Like the peop- these people love each other. Yeah. When it's when it's all said and done, and then they're having fun together, and like you said, the mom is there, the ghost of the mom, kind of smiling. And yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. the show does a great balance of being absurd at times, but <laughs> at the same time having a lot of heart. Yeah, and uh, that's that's probably not a easy line to toe, you know. Yep. But righteous gemstones is uh, it's great. Yeah, and hopefully we get another season. Yeah. Um, anything else, my love, my love? Nope. I think next time we'll talk about the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. Excellent. Maybe some other stuff. Let's I'm send sure. it there. All right. That's going to do it for us. Share, tell your friends. Yes. Share, tell your friends. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Mary W. Chans, two N's. And um, yeah, subscribe to the show. That helps us out. You know, give us some downloads. That'll help Daddy and Mommy move forward on some more podcast episodes. That's right. Until next time, this is the Married with Channels podcast. I'm Moose. I'm Jody. We'll see you later. Bye.